Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And today we are talking about Agent Carter, Season 2, Episode 9, A Little Song and Dance, which originally premiered on February 23rd, 2016. And as usual, here's our IMDb summary. Peggy desperately tries to save Dr. Wilkes with a dangerous plan to stop Whitney Frost. But Thompson makes a surprise move that could destroy them all! <gasps> this is a really accurate summary. I'm proud of them, finally. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we'll start off with our first storyline. We begin with a dream sequence. She dreams she's in black and white and talks to her late brother. This turns into a dance sequence with many familiar faces. Um, so I guess the first thing we should talk about is that this is technically a crossover. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. What do you mean? Um, this was, um, uh, choreographed with, uh, and with his background dancer and stuff for, um, Dancing with the Stars, an ABC show. And, uh, I guess the guy who played Jarvis was one of the contestants on it, too. <laughs> oh i didn't know that <laughs> yeah all right so wait wait you said the choreography like the person who did the, the choreography, choreography and all all the non-actor like non-characters on the show all the background dancers are dancers in dancing with the stars <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah cool that's good they found other work to do in the off season all right uh, yeah i mean i don't i don't know how like if this counts because it's all under abc and I don't remember, but I'm going to assume Dancing with the Stars is played directly before or after this episode. <laughs> that's that's true, yeah. It, it very well might be. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, we get, like, it's not flashbacks, but, like, a dream of her talking to her brother. Um, and then we, we transfer the Wizard of Oz style to color, where we get it takes place in the laundromat or the automat from the first season where they always met, you know, back to back. So no one can know that they're secret, super secret spies. <laughs> so I like how it started in black and white. And then mm-hmm. I like how Carter immediately knows that she's <laughs> basically in a movie from the forties. Cause everything's a black and white. Like, yeah. Like I, I, I half of my notes are just from this dream sequence so far for mm-hmm. this episode and oh, it's <laughs> i it just kind of in length i just put a bunch of like one word things but it, like i like it because it you know normally when you see a dream or something in like a movie or a tv show it's always like really weird and trippy and mm-hmm. someone's giving you the exact answer this whole scene feels like it could have been an actual dream except towards the end when it starts to get a little bit more um uh accurate in things like fully understanding what people are saying and everything but other than that um, the immediate scene changes like i don't know how your dreams are tony or anyone else's but in mine like you know i'm in some room and then i think about some other room and then obviously that's the very next scene and i don't even think Mm -hmm. about the transition and that kind of stuff and um and then the dancing and the singing pop up uh, not in my dreams, usually, because I'm not that kind of artistic. But, you know, I'm sure that would happen in someone's dreams. Yeah. And then you got the random people who are only around for one line. 
Uh, Dottie showed up for one line. Angie got a few lines, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Jarvis, I think, had one line. Yeah. So. Yeah, but he was like waking up Peggy, wasn't he? <laughs> so he was like his real line. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah. Like, yeah. imagine explaining this dream to someone. Like, if, I, I don't know what your dreams are like, Tony. Like, I'm sure you've explained dreams to people before. Mm-hmm. And as you're going through it, you're re- realizing just how stupid and crazy it is. Because it's a dream. That's what it is. Yeah. And this feels like if I had this dream and I were to explain it to someone, I would have the same, you know, mental problem of, oh, man, yeah, it was a dream. It was just stupid. Uh, unlike most dream sequences that we see in movies or TV shows. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, we're used to telling stories like chronologically and with logic, where uh-huh. dreams don't have logic. And like this, you're right, this has n- no logic to it. She's talking to her brother in black and white, and then you know, she walks through a door, and suddenly she's dancing with people she used to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we yeah. got. Um, I also looked at a little background into the song, What You Gonna Do, which was written specifically for this episode. Not for cops? Um, huh? Not well, for I cops. Mean, <laughs> that's Bad Boys, What You Gonna Do. Ah. I think that was composed by uh, Will Smith in, or Michael Bay for the movie Bad Boys. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was composed by Christopher Lennertz and lyrics by David Zippel. And David Zippel uh, had worked, he wrote the lyrics for The Star-Spangled Man with a Plan from uh, the original Captain America. Oh, cool. Yeah. He, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking down to Mr. Leonard's because I don't, I literally don't know what else he's done. But the last person that we know that Zippel has worked with was, um, oh, now I can't remember his name. The guy who wrote like a bunch of Disney music, like he worked on, um... Sherman, the one of the Sherman brothers who worked on like Mary Poppins and Peter Pan and a bunch of classic Disney stuff. So it's really a step down for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when when you get to that point and like something else comes across your desk, you're like, yes, yeah, this, this could be fun. I might I might have a, yeah. a a fun weekend working on on this little ditty over here. Mm-hmm. And I gotta assume. Uh, the guys who created Agent Carter, Marcus and McFeely, are the same guys who wrote all three Captain America movies. So they probably like this guy's good with the lyrics and just keep hiring him for the same stuff. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they probably did. Maybe they're friends right. at that point. They yeah have dinner parties or something. I don't know what what Hollywood people do. Breakfast sure party, brunch, brunch parties, brunch. They do brunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they have their people call their other people. With other people. <laughs> All right. Uh, you ready to wake up from this dream sequence like Peggy? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Just like us, Carter wakes up next to Jarvis. Okay, I didn't wake up next to Jarvis. Carter wakes up next to Jarvis, tied up in the back of a truck. They escape and jump out of the moving truck, and they start their walk to civilization. They like the sun. They have a very heated uh, conversation on the way through the desert. And after they share some hard truths, they notice that Manfredi's men are on their trail. Peggy plays dead, then quickly takes care of both of the men. Jarvis and Carter go their separate ways. So this is like some drama in this very campy show. 
Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Carter's a little pissed at Jarvis for shooting Frost. I mean, don't know why he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we we see in other scenes, other episodes, um, and I think also in next week's episode too, like she makes the case that, you know, you, you can't just go around killing people. They have the laws and all of that stuff, and she seems uh, pretty pretty hell bent on following that stuff. So mm-hmm. I guess she's just angry about that. Yeah, but... and also, I think killing someone for a mission is different than killing people in revenge. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Um, so to escape the back of the truck, Peggy uses this super hot thread called the hot wire. I feel like that's really dangerous to wear on your belt. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> how, um, I guess, easy is it for that to glitch out? <laughs> to, to mess up and just start? I mean, if you're going through this, like, this ordeal in the desert, like they are, what if the belt starts fraying and then one of these wires just gets white hot because it started fraying? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that would that would not be a, a fun uh, fun afternoon. I'm just imagining, you know, she was walking in the desert like beforehand when mm-hmm. um she was going out to to stop a Jarvis from shooting Frost and all that and if it just went off there, like any of those times, it would just be bad for for that thing to go off accidentally plus then it just doesn't work too right like i guess best case scenario is if it breaks is that it like uses its charge and now she just doesn't even have it yeah or she used it and she just let go of it it's either burning a hole in the bottom of the truck or just like it's in the desert sun which means it's not gonna hurt anybody yeah it's making some glass in the desert exactly (laughs) So I've got to say, their argument that they have, this is really good acting from um, from Haley Atwell and James Darcy, which, again, we talk about this. So we don't get to see their range very much in the show because it's very campy. <laughs> that, that is true, yeah. Like, it, it's always interesting when you, you see different um, people acting in something and all of a sudden you see them, like, super different in something. Like, especially, you know, this, because... Um, like I'm, I'm trying to think. Like uh, Haley Atwell, we've seen you know in these two seasons, and also even in Captain America, like she's basically mm-hmm. been the same demeanor the entire time. Yeah. Um, she's a little more exasperated in this, mm-hmm. but I mean, she did sh- try to shoot Cap when he said um when he kissed the other girl. So I mean, I guess it's oh, it's supposed to be silly. So it just can't be taking serious things and considering them silly. I guess she was campy in that. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that was a little that was a little campy. Um Yeah. Then again, like you've said, Tony, this show only has two modes full on campy or serious. And That's we've true. just never seen these two characters in a serious mode here. Yeah, that's true. 
Alright, um, are we ready to move on to other people waking up from unconsciousness? Yeah, sounds good to me. Alright, I'm, try- I'm trying to, you know, make our transitions a little more fluid. So, I'm trying- <laughs> so that if someone asks us later to describe them, we'll remember. That's a good idea. Yeah, alright. So Wilkes also wakes up from unconsciousness. He's not feeling well in the back of Manfredi and Frost's car. They soon discover that Carter and Jarvis have escaped. Manfredi sends them, sends men to find them, and then he brings Frost to a new lab to experiment on Wilkes. After a while, she gets no zero matter from Wilkes. So uh, Wilkes wakes up and looks like a demon. <laughs> <laughs> At least with the black eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he looked like a demon in, like last episode too because his stuff was bubbling under his skin yeah that's true so like that eye effect i mean that that demon like that's used in other shows too right like i'm I'm trying to figure out where i've seen that before but i I know i've seen that somewhere other marvel shows or just other shows in general i think other shows in general like that's just like it feels like it's a universal way to say someone is possessed yeah i mean trying to think of what um, one of my guilty pleasure movies, and it's, we're recording this in October, uh, at least my wife and I watched uh, Paranormal Activity the other day, because I love those movies. I know they're terrible, but I love those movies. Um, and when, the, spoilers, when Katie gets possessed at the end of the movie, uh, she has full black eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other situations. I'm sure it's happened in, like, Constantine and Supernatural. I'm like 100% sure. There's 14 seasons of Supernatural. I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think that is where I see it. Yeah. I think when someone um, gets possessed by a demon. Yeah, that's the, the look. Okay. Also, uh, the time uh, the Doctor fought Satan in that one Tenth Doctor episode. Uh-huh. Uh, when he was possessing people, they have the black eyes. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, we, the, we definitely see this in a handful of places. Mm-hmm. Even though he's technically not possessed by a demon, he's just like filled to the top with dark matter, and that's why it's going to his eyes. <laughs> but we, as the audience, we don't know. No. Yeah, it might be a demon. Mm-hmm. It might be Dormammu. Exactly. Yep. Um. So yeah, so Wilkes is afraid of going to a populated area because he might explode, which is fair. <laughs> Uh-huh. Still a good guy. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is up in the air because he did betray Peggy last episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they bring him to a waste management plant. Like, of all the places you could have a lab, why a waste management plant? Because I got I got nothing. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I was I was really hoping I could think of like a joke right there on the spot, but as we've shown in the last hundred and twenty some odd episodes, um that's not a thing I can do. True. Um for the record, this is hundred and thirty-five. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of these days I'll know how many episodes we've done. I literally scrolled to the top oh. of our notes. Oh. I guess I guess yeah. that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> My last note in this section, anyway, is um, she's trying to drill it out of him like it's oil, right? 
She's drilling a hole straight into his chest. At least give him like some anesthesia so none of the people around hears the screaming. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. That's like she's just purely torturing someone. Yep. I mean, she's evil, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I I guess she's evil, right? <laughs> you consider this pretty evil. Yeah, that's that's true. She's I mean, she's desperate to get the stuff so like that's just adding to, like she's definitely not caring about others at all and that leads to evil actions yeah yeah i mean i guess she, she's got power she's corrupted i mean she's not as evil as you say loki no okay <laughs> i'm trying to think are there any like straight up evil villains in MCU? In MCU. I mean, you've got Thanos. Yeah, but... Like, if you look at it... There's a whole Reddit, like, Thanos is right. <laughs> Where he's like... He's doing it because he thinks he's saving the universe. So you're... Th oh, so you're, you're thinking, like... Is there anyone like the Joker? Who's just evil for the sake of being evil? Yeah. Not because he had a really crappy day. Exactly. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Maybe Malekith? Yeah. I mean, maybe. We never get a backstory on Malekith. <laughs> um, <laughs> the light hurts his eyes. Isn't that enough of a backstory? Uh, Come on. Okay, okay. You're right. You're right. That works. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? Um, how about Kilgrave? Oh. No, no. He was tortured as a child. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair. And abandoned by um, his parents. Yeah. This is why we need... This is one of the reasons we need Alicia back. <laughs> she'll, she'll be sympathetic to anyone. Um, That's true. <laughs> how about... Um, uh, Cassilius. Who was that? The Doctor Strange version. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Um, I feel like he had a reason. Didn't his wife die? There, there was like something... I recently read that on Reddit um, because like they released the MCU Visual Dictionary, which I think I might need to pick up. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember that in the movie. <laughs> Maybe his wife did die. Yeah, because how else would I know that? <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't know him as a character. <laughs> I don't know how you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I made it up and just got extremely lucky. Um, yeah, so you got that <laughs> character. Um, uh, you know, I just had another character in mind. Oh, um, what was her name? The, uh, Thor's sister in Ragnarok. Oh, Hela? Hela, yeah. I wanted to say Hera, but I knew that wasn't right. Um, it, it, she, I mean, she was... She was just all murdery. Like she just liked killing things. Yeah, and then, yeah, and she was mad because her dad locked her up because she was all murdery. So that's not... <laughs> she was already evil before she was locked up. Yeah. So I, I that that seems right. fair. Okay. Yeah, so, I'll buy that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hell is Hell is the only evil character. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about time. <laughs> is it? And I say, I mean, and she's, I would think, I consider her one of the better um, 
villains in the MCU. Maybe not the best, but one of the better ones. Villains in like all of the MCU or in, in the in the movies? At least in the movies. I mean, there are pre- some pretty strong villains in the TV shows. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Uh, are we ready to move on? Yes, we are. Sousa, Samberly, and Thompson are stranded in the middle of the desert after the events of last episode. Vernon's goons arrive to take care of them. Luckily, Thompson has a plan. He gets Samberly and Sousa arrested. Great plan. Back at the SSR base, Vernon is not very happy to see them alive. They convince Vernon to use the Gamma Cannon on Frost. So, I mean, I was a little sarcastic in that, but it is actually a pretty good plan. Uh, because otherwise they'd be dead right now. <laughs> yeah, they're dead. And they also get help stopping Frost because they all know that they really do need to stop her. Yeah. So it's, it's like two birds with one plan. With one gamma cannon. Exactly. I I um I don't have a lot of notes for this section. Um but I do enjoy how willing Samberly is to change sides just to survive. <laughs> <laughs> that's I I guess that's fair. Um it, it it struck me as odd how willing Vernon Masters was to agree with this. Like I I understand like him listening to the idea and then mm-hmm. maybe he would go off and do it on his own, but it's it's odd to me that he didn't just say, Oh, okay, that is a good idea and then kill, you know, Sousa and maybe Thompson. Maybe just Susan. Yeah, you just know. need one scientist. Yeah. Well, I mean, Samberly yeah. knows how to work the machine, right? He he built it mm-hmm. with Stark's plans, but you know, he he knows it. So. Yeah. yeah, I. I mean, this is moving up ahead a little bit, but I'm also surprised that Vernon, you know, so willing to put himself in danger with Frost. That's yeah, that's true. If it, it feels like he would have. Like that's not a mistake he would he would make given his age and experience in um, yeah bad people matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I completely understand why he wanted to get rid of Frost. Just because, first of all, he's sexist and doesn't like a lady telling him what to do. Uh-huh. And second of all, um, he wants to be in charge or higher in the totem pole. Yeah, which and... he'll never get with Frost there. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, especially now considering. What is it? The Council of Nine is now the Council of... I think it was five is what it was before, but that five counts yeah. Frost also, so... Yeah. Hmm. He wants the Council Council of Vernon. That's all he wants. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, do we want anything else for this section, or do we want to see who else shows up at the SSR? I think we should all wait for our surprise and find out who else shows up and by wait for our surprise i mean we should we should see our surprise now oh okay because i i just Um, worded that horribly (laughs) you really did i thought you were going to our sponsor but no yeah i I realized that after i was done saying that but now it's too late we're gonna have to wait another section to go to our sponsor all right well carter arrives at the ssr (gasps) and immediately attacks Vernon. 
<laughs> Suzanne Thompson pulls her off him, and they tell her the plan. She is not overly impressed, but she agrees. Okay, that works. I do like, I, I love that, where she's like, well, screw this, sneaking around. I'm just going to kick his ass until I find out where Sousa is. <laughs> and I guess Sam Burley and Thompson, I guess. But mostly Sousa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, Sam Burley is just, you know, he's kind of a wise ass sometimes. I mean, yeah, he needs saving, but eh, it, he, he'll take care of himself in his whole weaselly way. Agent Thompson, eh, he's kind of dug his own grave. Yeah, I mean, she does need Samberly, though. At this point, he's the last genius they had. She started off with three geniuses in her life, and now she's down to one. That is, that's true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Starks, Starks in Peru, and Wilkes is a traitor? <laughs> Question mark? Yeah. At a minimum, yeah. he's taken. Right? Definitely yes, inaccessible. <laughs> yep. So, um,. They go, they explain the plan to her. She's not overly impressed. But, um, they all agree that, uh, that they're in a stalemate. They cannot move forward, so they have to work together. I'm trying to think, are they really in a stalemate? Is there no way out of this? Um, so I don't think they are. Because they assume that they actually have dirt on Carter when they don't. It's true. Do you, but does it need to be real dirt, or do people just need to believe it? I guess there is that. I mean, if if it's well, okay. So here's the other thing. Um, mm-hmm. if that dirt on Carter got out, like let's say, let's say it even was her. Like people believed it was her at a minimum, right? Would uh-huh. anything happen? Because that was classified data. Like it kind of feels like maybe. Worst case scenario, she would be kicked out of the U.S. branch of the SSR and would have to go back to Great Britain. Like It it, it kind of feels like, like I guess it's dirt in the sense that it would screw with her plans of sticking around, but she wouldn't go to jail like the other two guys. True, but I mean, they're holding it overhead for like her career, right? Okay. And, I mean, we know her trajectory. She will help found S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, like, would she be the head of a major organization if people believe this happened to her? Or she did this? I guess that's a good point. Yeah, she probably would be there. Unless she found a way to prove that wasn't actually her. Yep. I don't so know how common the last name third season. That's true. Hopefully a third season. Yeah. We'll find out what happens. Okay. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then I, I, while while we're here, um, I guess the other thing is the dirt that Carter has on Thompson um, is, I guess, in the same vein, right? Because that's, that's the stuff that Carter admitted to her last season. Um, but at least that one is actually about him. Like, yeah. it would mess with his plans for career advancement and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Vernon is working for a supervillain. So, yeah, that's fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair. What's, I mean, maybe Sousa just cares about Carter. Like, what do they have on Sousa? 
Oh, I thought they didn't have anything. I thought it was just the three of them. Uh, Masters, okay. Thompson, and Carter. Oh, yeah. Also, um, Thompson could kill Sousa. <laughs> I guess there's that, yeah. <laughs> or not Thompson. I'm sorry, Masters. Masters could kill Sousa. Oh, okay. All right. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. I was a little confused. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, all right. I'm ready to move on if you are. Um, maybe. So I don't know if this oh. line happened in this scene or a later one, but I'm going to mm-hmm. assume it happened in this scene and we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, okay. So Dr. Samberly at one point um, suggested to Carter and Jarvis that they drink their own urine uh, after talking um, about being in the, in the desert. Was that the scene or was it later? It is not this scene. Because this scene takes place entirely in the SSR, and I don't think Jarvis is there yet. Oh, okay. Well, then I will wait for my fun fact of the day. And... I'm trying to think of when that happens, though, because I do remember that scene. Well, you know, let's just say it right now. So, okay, he says that line, <laughs> and because um, you're talking to them in the desert, all that. Um, so I, I spent some time researching this online, just out of curiosity, because I've heard that before. Um, uh, don't do it at all, is what I found. Um, <laughs> just no. Yeah, just, just no. Just don't intake any bodily waste, is basically the, the line that I took away. Um, if you absolutely, positively have to, there is a process you can go through to sanitize it, but it's like a hassle, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to look it up online. It involves like digging a hole, and you need like uh, a hose or something and um like like learn that and i guess practice it under the tutelage of someone else who knows how to do it before you actually do it for survival is my guess um and best case scenario from what i read is only do this temporarily like once or twice if you absolutely have to otherwise you die yeah um yeah that sounds like a bad plan <laughs> um i think that happened a lot earlier when sue's um like when they were planning before uh vernon caught up to them because he wasn't with jarvis and carter he was with susan thompson oh okay all right yeah, yeah. but okay mm-hmm. yeah so moral of the story don't drink your pee don't I... drink other people's pee don't drink pee <laughs> exactly all right. Or pee snow if someone like writes their name in the snow. Like just like, avoid that one too. Wait, wait, wait. I thought it was lemon flavored. <laughs> okay, if it's lemon flavored, then sure. But that's a whole other story. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving along. <laughs> that's right. And we will move along to our uh sponsor. So um right. we will continue our tradition on this show of having horrible, horrible transitions to our ad sponsors. Um, Tony, you do not have to answer this question except for the fact that I'm making you. So can you describe in as much detail as you possibly can your most recent dream? No. <laughs> exactly. Usually remember my you can't even remember your dream. Dreams are horrible about that stuff. Now, Mm -hmm. you may not have heard, everyone out there, but science has recently discovered that if you want to learn a powerful, life-altering message, sleep is the best way to do that. But how can you use sleep to your advantage if you can't control it? Now, that's a a really tough question. 
Uh, so what you need to get some real value out of sleep and what you need is Dream Messages, Inc. Our buddies over at Dream Messages, Inc. have developed and patented a way to help you control your dreams and finally make them useful. Want to figure out if you should look for a new job? Buy a car. Break it off with your sister's husband, Carl. Even if you want to be absolutely positively sure, you'll wake up at the crack of dawn. Well, technology has finally got your back. No need to drink eight glasses of water before going to bed. Use promo code MCU Rewind to get a free sleep mask. Dream Messages Inc. Making sleep useful since 1969. <laughs> I was thinking this is uh, is this technology they use in Inception? <laughs> uh that's a competitor, but you know, in, definitely inferior. Okay, fair, fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I did learn something. I don't know if you knew this about dreams. Just a random fact I'm going to share. Okay. Um, did you know, you might know this, that dreams are, um, when you dream, it's your short-term memory that is, um, being triggered in your dreams. I which did is not why know you, that. Yeah, it's why you can't, uh, um, recall your dreams unless you write them down real fast or tell someone before they fade away. And then you're just remembering what you wrote down or what you told somebody. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've always heard, like, stuff about, you know, write down your dreams when you wake up and you have a dream journal. Mm-hmm. And then you you do that thing where in your dreams you like basically start to control them, um, and that always yeah. sounded interesting. But I never remember to write them down. Like I would wake up. Well, I mm-hmm. sorry. I have had dreams, lucid dreams, where I know I'm in a dream. <laughs> every time, it's really weird. Every time that I've done that, that's when I wake up. Yeah. Well, it depends what the dream's about. Because if I'm having like a shitty dream, I'll make myself wake up. <laughs> if I'm just like enjoying myself. I'm like, all right, continue. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> cool. All right. Enough with dreams. Now to Thompson. That's right. Good old Thompson. Thompson goes to Frost to buy more time for the Gamma Cannon. Thompson betrays uh, Team Carter to Frost uh, for a seat on the council. He goes back to the group and picks up Vernon and the cannon. Carter and Susan's fuel line has been cut, so they can't follow through on the plan. When they speak to Samberly about this, they find out that Samberly has turned the cannon into a bomb at Thompson's instruction. They have him build a transmitter to block the remote trigger. Alright, so, um, Thompson shows up to Frost and starts fr- flirting with Frost. Uh-huh. Um, she's really gullible? I don't know if that's the right term. But she falls for anyone who starts flirting with her, which is very dangerous when you're an actress. That's that's true. Anyone? Like, have we seen this in any other scenes? Or I mean, uh, Manfredi started like flirting with her, and suddenly she's with him. Now Thompson starts flirting with her, and suddenly she's listening to him. Yeah, but she's I also mean, two times. She also dated Manfredi, right? Like, I mean, he's completely in love with her. She might still have feelings, like. It sounded like the only reason she left him was because he killed a bunch of people in front of her. Yeah, and she's totally over stuff like that now. But she definitely falls for Thompson real fast. Oh, yeah, that is true. But to be fair, Tony, wouldn't you fall for Agent Chad Michael Murray if he was standing in front of you flirting? I mean, I don't want to say I'm blushing, but I'm going to imply it. Um, (laughs) 
so yeah, so Manfredi takes the, his guys with him. I thought at this moment that he took all his men with them and just left them unguarded. I was like, wow, that's convenient. But no, it turns out later. It's not true. <laughs> just, just grabbed a few. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot about Thompson's betrayal. His like, was it like his flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop back and forth betraying people. Yeah, he's he's been really weird this season about that. Like, I think I said this a couple of episodes ago that, you know, he he definitely seemed like he really wanted to do the right thing and help Carter, but he also didn't want to, like, rock the boat on power structures that also existed. So there was that. But then now over here, he's just... I don't know. Ever since he got his mind zapped for two minutes by Masters in what was it an episode or two ago, he's yeah been really different. I guess as a character, yeah. Like, I mean, I thought we were good with him. Like at the end of season one, yeah, he's still kind of a jerk, but he wasn't like this jerky. <laughs> yeah, I had the same thought. Like I remember going into this season thinking, like, oh, cool, that's right, and he's around, and he's kind of a cool guy. Oh no, he's he's just back to being an ass. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we know his plan, right? Uh He's going to walk out and he's going to blow up uh, Frost and Masters, right? Right. Um, and if I remember correctly, Susan Carter were supposed to be backup if anything goes wrong. Isn't that right? I believe so, yeah. So if, um... If uh, Thompson just didn't cut the fuel line, no one would be suspicious, and no one would try to stop the bomb. That is right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Poor planning. (laughs) This is. uh, This is why he should not be um, uh, in charge of a SSR field office. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because he just sabotaged himself. Yeah. He did not think through a plan. Like, he... Like, there's... There's no way they can get another car. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> this this is like the, the person who just is constantly lying to get ahead and like is constantly doing every possible thing instead of thinking like, oh, wait, I don't need to lie here. I can just tell the truth. And yep. that's not another lie that I have to keep track of. But no, it like it all just compounds and then eventually you get caught based off of that. <clears throat> Um, again, my last note here. Samberly will do anything he is told to do. <laughs> he'll make it a bomb. Okay, he'll, tr- he'll block that bomb. <laughs> Whatever last thing that happened, I will say yes to. <laughs> um, I mean, he's plot device character, right? Yeah. Like, they, they, they need someone to do this thing, and science person over there is the wizard of, of, the, of the season. So... Oh yeah, it's like the writers went, oh, well, we wrote Stark out because the actor probably had to be in something else. Oh, Wilkes is intangible or um, a bad guy. I guess we need to think of another person. Ah, good old Samberly. So um, in this scene, Samberly also had an, another uh, line where um, where Carter and Sousa were like, hey, no, we, we don't want to blow him up. And Samberly said uh, something like, uh, but that's okay, right? He's evil now. Um, because they're they're talking about killing Doctor Wilkes. Um, mm-hmm. that's like standard movie thinking right there, right? Like Doctor Wilkes did one thing, 
basically under pressure because he's been tortured for weeks by the uh, Zero Matter. And Sam Burley's like, no, 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 he's evil. It's okay. We can kill him. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. You make one mistake, he's dead to you. And probably to the world because you're going to kill him. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. You sound like a Loki apologist to me. Oh, no, I'm not. He just I'm invaded one him. little planet. <laughs> oh, you're agreeing with him? No, I said I'm, I'm not agreeing with him. I'm just saying, like, as a character, he immediately did the the thing that it's so easy to do when you watch a movie yeah. or a TV show. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So you ready for the explosive grand finale? Of course. All right. Samberly's remote trigger blocker thingy doesn't work, so Peggy goes to save Wilkes alone. At this time, Masters is powering up the cannon slash bomb. Carter tries to get Wilkes, but he is barely holding back the zero matter. Wilkes leaves Carter and begins to succumb to the zero matter. Samberly gets the blocker working as Thompson is leaving Masters to Frost. He tries to blow the bomb, but it doesn't work. He goes to confront Carter and reconnect the detonator. Before Thompson can detonate the bomb, Wilkes detonates himself. <gasps> yep. So, um, Masters is really bad at aiming that cannon without Frost being suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really is. <sighs> He's like moving along wherever she walks. He's like, no, that's totally not obvious what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, here's a question. In the previous episode, or at the end of it, Jarvis shoots her, and mm-hmm. uh, she lives, yes, but, like, she was on the ground, right? Like, she was in a bunch of pain? No, she was, like, un- closes her eyes for a second, and then it closes, and she just stands up again. I don't think it's even painful. But she fell. Like, basically, it yes. it incapacitated her for a second. Can't they just keep doing that and while they're continuously shooting her, load up the cannon? Like, wouldn't that be effective? Well, I say it's Terminator 2 rules. Oh. Um, When the liquid Terminator, the T-1000, gets shot the first time, it blows him back. And he's, like, stunned for a minute. And then every bullet after that barely phases him. Because it's not cool to look at him stunned anymore. So the first time she gets shot, stunned. After that, eh, it's a bee sting. Less than a bee sting. Because at least in a bee sting, I say ow. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe she's allergic to bee stings. That could also be bad. Well, yeah. I mean, then you shoot her with bees. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely plan C mm-hmm. right there. Not the bees! Um, Have you ever played the Bioshock games? I don't know if they were PlayStation exclusive or not. No, no, they, um, I played the, f- oh, okay, all right, let me rephrase that. I played about two hours of the first one on, uh, yeah. PC. Okay. Um, did you get the random B power? <laughs> I did not, no. Yeah, okay, so most of the powers are, like, you know, telekinetic, or you can shoot fire, ice, or electricity, but there's one power we get where you suddenly have bees, like, flying off of you, and you can shoot bees at people. It's fun. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there there are two levels or there are two categories of superpowers in my opinion. There's most of them where they're like they're based in some sort of science or like even even Superman who gets his power from 
the sun and then he can fly because the gravity's lower and stuff like that. Okay, based on weird science, but still science. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then there's powers like X Men powers, where Storm can control the weather. That's like godlike power. <laughs> Why would evolution trigger that? That's true, especially when you consider someone else can walk through walls. I guess I guess the X-Men powers, like all of them are really powerful. I'm trying to think of one that's yeah. stupid. One of them just has wings. Angel wings. Eh. Yep. One guy can scream so loud he can fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. they, like, um, I mean... The X-Men, there's so many different X-Men, and they don't have to explain where they got their powers from. There's just so much random crap. That's well, why the X-Men are great and terrible at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's basically how they were created, too. From what I remember, um, Stan Lee had, like, a bunch of ideas, but, like, nothing great. So it's like, well, let me, let me just make a team of these people that are random. And then, oh, now we have mutants, too. That, there we go. And that's where yeah. that came from. I mean, it works. I mean, to be fair, the Inhumans have the same thing. This guy, he's got the power to make everything melt. <laughs> Not a great power. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, have you... Oh, God, I'm trying to look up the podcast real quick. Um, there's a podcast that I listen to occasionally. It's an X-Men podcast. Because I've never been a huge X-Men fan. Uh huh. But it is called Jay and Miles Explain the X Men, where they just talk about like random storylines in the X Men universe. And the X Men, you think Marvel Comics in general are weird? The X Men are really weird. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Do you know about the, the Mojo verse? No, I've never heard of this one. Um, it's, it's an alternate dimension that the X-Men occasionally get sucked into. <laughs> Controlled by this person called Mojo, who is like almost this like amorphous blob person who likes to gamble, so he bets on stuff like against or for the X-Men. So it's kind of like Battleworld or Ragnarok, <laughs> but it's not. It's just this random place that they get sucked into occasionally. <laughs> Every so often when they just don't have a storyline, like, and eh, yep. they get sucked into Mojo World. We'll, we'll just throw some of it in yeah. there. That's it? That's that, Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of them. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Nightcrawler gets sucked into hell multiple times because to dimension, to Banff places, he goes through hell and then reappears somewhere else. That's why there's smoke. Oh, because there's a lot of smoke in hell. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. It's, That's it's where all the, Yeah, That's where all the smokers go. Everyone yeah. gets a, a pack. So again, I'm excited to see how um, the X-Men are introduced in the MCU. Same here. Because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never really cared for the X-Men stuff. Like, even the movies, eh. But, I don't know, all the mm-hmm. popular stories, I, I just never cared for. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still hopeful. We'll see what happens in the MCU. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at Iron Man pre-2008, not the greatest comic book stories. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty pretty generic on a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, back to Agent Carter. 
Sounds good. Let's do it. Um, so I like as soon as the button doesn't work, Thompson knows exactly why and goes to find Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can't just be a malfunction. Nope, nope, nope. It has to be Carter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I have is um, Wilk explodes. <laughs> so... I've had a note, like like every so often when I don't understand why. So I'm like, so recently, I've personally in my head been saying this. And I'm, I'm a little curious, like, because now I want to apply that question to this scene. You know, he, he goes into that room, he sees Frost, and then he blows up. So my question, Tony, mm-hmm. is effing why? Effing why? I mean, I don't, you know, um, I don't censor myself in my head usually, but you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll do uncensored. Fudge and why? Fudge and why? <laughs> so why? Why? Why does he go in there and blow up? Okay. I think after the events of last episode, he absorbed way too much dark matter, right? Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, he was all squirmy, and he had black eyes, and then he said he was like barely holding back the dark matter. Uh-huh. Um. So I think he's like he knows he's going to explode from dark matter, so he's just going to do it to. The most good it could be is if it kills Frost. Okay, and so that's he, why he. Yeah. So he wanted to make sure that at a minimum, he gets her. Even though, yeah, from what he has said, I think he said earlier in this episode, like he can take out a city or something with the amount of explosions. And as far well, as we, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like at this point, he's 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 going to explode soon. He can feel it. He's not going to run a, he's not going to run all the way out of Los Angeles before he explodes. So might as well take out the one person he cares to take out. Okay. All right. And and he'll also get everyone else at least within that that building like Carter yeah, and probably. Thompson and Susan. Okay. All right. all right. But at a minimum, he'll get frost. Even though next week we see the episode and yeah, he messed up that room that they're in, but it's not like completely <laughs> well, yeah. blown up. Well, yeah. We'll talk about that next time. He doesn't know what the explosion is going to do. I guess that's true. He's never blown up personally. so (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can count the people I know who've blown up in like three fingers. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah. I think Peter Petrelli blew up. You ever watch Heroes? I did. I was wondering if that's who that was. Uh, Yeah, I saw like the first few seasons. It, I, I never really cared for it. I really, really liked the first season. And then it just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it it was the same reason why I didn't like Lost. It, it felt like one of those, you have to wait for the next episode to get more story. And like it just kept leaving all these questions. Like It, it didn't feel like it was a quality thing. It just felt like, here's more questions that you have to think about. Yeah. Well, um... Heroes originally was going to be an anthology show where every season was a whole different cast of characters. Because I think, I feel like they really wrapped, if you watch the whole first season, mm-hmm. they really wrapped up those characters' stories really well. I do remember that, like, kind of yeah. getting wrapped up. Okay. That, that actually yeah, would have been really cool if they had done that. Yeah. I haven't revisited it in a long time, but I feel like the first season of Heroes might be one of my favorite like single seasons of TV. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then 
Yeah, and then the second and third, and I stopped watching after the third. I think there were four seasons, and then they brought it back oh, for yeah. Heroes Reborn, but I never watched that. Huh, okay. Anyway, the, uh, Petrelli blew up, and that was a big deal. It, it almost nuked all of New York. <laughs> okay, that is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. But we know that Wilkes hasn't watched that show yet, because that comes out in like 60 years in the future from where he is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Assuming it comes out in, in this world. True. I mean, um, like again, another superhero universe. You ever watched The Watchmen? The movie or the or or the movie or the book? Did you read the comic? I did read the comic and I saw the movie. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, like, they don't have superhero comic books. That's not the popular thing because superheroes are real. <laughs> they have pirates. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. And it, it makes so. sense. You, you'd have something else that isn't in the news all the time. True. Alright. Um, are we done with this section? I mean, we went to Heroes and we went to Watchmen. Both <laughs> yeah. varying degrees of quality. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> Alright. I have one last storyline, but I have no notes about it. It's just, I guess we should talk about it. Okay. Um, Jarvis is back at the hospital fussing over Anna. She convinces him to go help Peggy. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I have no notes also. Um, it's good that he's finally being honest with his wife. And he, he mm -hmm. tells her you know, the, the medical news. Um, but yeah, that's it. I guess that right. actually, you know, it does help because, you know, Jarvis shows up in the next episode, season finale. So it's good that he, he kind of gets over the whole thing. and He's no longer angry at Carter. So that's good. I mean, it would be terrible if Carter, um, if they go their separate ways in the desert and we never see Jarvis again. <laughs> and I guess until Endgame, he's there. That's true. <laughs> Alright. You ready to wrap this up? Yeah. How are we rating this oh, episode? Oh, wait, no. Yeah, we're going to rate Um, Well, we're obviously going to rate it with gamma cannons. <laughs> Can Can't. we do that yet already? I don't know. Let's say no. Or how about let's say yes. Let's do Wilkes explosions. <laughs> how many Dr. Wilkes explosions how would we rate this? Okay. All right. Yeah. How many exploding Wilkeses would you give this? <laughs> I'd give it a four. Four out of 30? I was thinking five, but yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> like, that's a whole, you know what? That's really terrible if it's four out of 30. <laughs> Four uh, out of five makes much more sense. It goes in line with all the other ratings we've done. That's true. That's true. We we should start doing that though, making it out of a variable. I I yeah. really don't think we should. Yeah, that's fair. I think okay. I think variable like things we're counting. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> the penultimate episode's never my favorite in most shows, so I'll give it like a three out of five. Exploding Wilkes. Yeah, I. It's just. So I like forgot so much of this episode like, until you started mm -hmm. saying all the scenes and everything that happens. Um, like even though I watched it two days ago. Um, but like as you're saying them, I remember like, oh yeah, that okay, that was that was cool. All right, that was good. Like, I guess yeah. I, I guess you're right. You know, a lot of it is set up. But uh -huh. yeah, I do like the flip flopping Thompsons, but 
that's like my major thing that I do like. Most of this, it's okay, but it's not great. Okay. Alright. And with that that note, we can wrap it up. Alright, cool. Um, Alright, everyone. Uh, this has been the cinematic, yeah, Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Agent Carter uh, Season 2, Episode 9. And please join us next week when we will finish off the season, all of Season 2. We'll talk about Episode 10, Hollywood Ending. And in the meantime, uh, please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore Rewind. And please, pretty please, give us a uh, rating on whatever podcast app you use. And since you're there, you might as well make it five stars. It's just, it's a good default. You might as well just go with that, please. Right. Anyway, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day. You can never fight the laws of attraction. That chemical reaction that got us in this mess. Still, I must confess, they're both a nice distraction. <laughs>